All right, Jersey Joe, welcome to the first episode of the Almost Canadian Hockey Podcast. That's what we're calling it because I am in. I'm two hours from Winnipeg. That's almost Canadian. Isn't Minnesota just little Canada? I mean, really. <laughs> is that the supposed to be a little knock on uh, the episode name from How I Met How I Met Your Mother, which was Little Minnesota? You got that. Uh, I'm glad you got that reference. I'm so glad, Joe. Ah, uh, that's why. That's, that's <laughs> why I like you. How I Met Your Mother. So, uh, I did watch that episode, and I was like, "That makes a lot of sense." And of course, Parker, you're from Minnesota, so basically. Minnesota's kind of like little Canada in the U.S. Exactly. Yeah, that's my. Yeah, that's the whole. That's the whole thing. Yeah, the almost Canadian hockey podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, the Wild game just finished up. It was wonderful. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the first period, but uh, I did listen to the second period. I was on my way home, and I was listening to it. And uh, Prezi scored his first goal. Uh, Kevin Fiala scored his first goal. Jordan Greenway scored his first goal. A lot of firsts tonight, and I'm quite happy about that. Um, I'm a little surprised that Prezi took so long to get his first goal. Uh, Same thing with Fiala. I thought Fiala was really going to go boom and then kind of get his first goal in the first game, but didn't happen. But, you know, I think everyone, every uh, Minnesota Minnesota hockey fan is happy to – you know, see Fiala finally on the board. Yeah, and the Wild are four one and zero right now. They got eight points. I mean, it's a great start for the Wild. And just looking at the board, you scored twenty nine points on the board, same as the Sharks. Both went over three, but just kind of boggles me. The Wild pulled it off, being. 10 less face-off wins in this game, but they were able to get possession of the puck, which is a very important detail. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, and actually looking at the looking at the other scores, um, the Dallas Stars finally coming back from um, from you know their COVID break, I guess uh, you could call it. Uh, they are on fire. 5-0 in the third period at the time of recording uh, against the Nashville Predators. Um, Joe, what do you think of the Dallas Stars getting off to such a hot start? Well, you know what? They have their fan- have some fans in the stands, so it gives them a little bit of energy, a little bit more motivation than most other teams in the league. You know, it's something that we don't see in this uh, season's hockey. So really, it's – it's a different element that they have right now, considering that most other league, I mean, teams in the league that don't have that uh, asset. Yeah, for sure. I think that's another, uh, I think that's why Arizona is doing so well right now. Um, Cause they, they are allowing, you know, I think it's 5% of fans in the stands, uh, but still 5% of fans, you're still getting that genuine, uh, you know, cheer from your fans when you score, or, you know, good power play, whatever it might be. Right. Um, yeah, there's still that well, the energy. I mean, I mean the the thing is, you know, the stars always have really good players, and I know, you know, we can talk about Jamie Ben and uh, Tyler Sagan for a, a whole entire hour. Oh, 100%. But 
you you but definitely it, just the way I'm looking at the way Dallas broke out Pavelski scored on a power play goal you have Alexander Rodulov another power play goal and you have Guryanov another power play goal and then um Radulov again scored and then Essel Lindell on a shorthanded goal well and then you have Joe Pavelski but I actually have S Oh sure <laughs> I mean our, I mean our ESPN league <laughs> right. with the puck authority right yeah right maybe you could talk um, about that part too yeah the uh, the fantasy part of it um I that is uh something that I wrote down earlier today um is that if you have Joe Thornton um uh then you should just get get out you know get out now uh, if you have have in your lineup I mean, I've got mixed feelings about George Thornton. For one, he never really got the chance to prove himself in Toronto, uh, spending his entire, you know, the rest of his career in San Jose. Uh, he went to Toronto this year, um, and he really only made it one full week. It's uh, Wednesday the 22nd, and that's, you know, hockey started last Wednesday. Um, but should you, uh, if you have him on your team, should you really keep an injured reserve spot for a, an already regressed um, he's 41, I believe, 41 or 42, you know, for a 41 year old. Um, yeah, I think you should just get out, you know, just get, get him out of your lineup, get him out of your life. <laughs> Other than that, I think, uh, fantasy wise, I think, uh, any, uh, any Montreal Canadian, um, that's a good pickup if, if you can get him on waivers. Uh, I said this last week in my in my fantasy uh, pickups for week two. Uh, if you should if you can get any Montreal Canadian on your team, um, they're just they have so much depth around them, and any any of those guys can score in any given night. And did we lose Joe? Oh, we might have lost Joe. Um, but other than that, um, like I was saying earlier, the uh, Coyotes, you know, they do have fans in their stands. And they're playing very well against a Golden Knights team. Um, a lot of people were thinking that the Golden Knights were going to be, um, you know, one of the top dogs in the Western Conference, and the Coyotes are really holding their ground. Um, yeah, 3-1 right now at time of recording. Um, the Capitals beat the Sabres in a shootout. Um yeah, one one three and one this year for the Sabres, and I was really was really hoping the Sabres could get off to a you know a good start with the addition of of Eric Stahl and uh, Dylan Cousins now on their on their roster. Uh, he got a goal, so did Eric Stahl, and uh, you know that big addition of Taylor Hall over the offseason. Um, I know uh, Jersey Joe here. If uh, I think we lost him, but um, uh, he's a big you know. Jersey Joe, New Jersey fan, right? But he's upset about the uh, departure of of him. Uh, 
But nonetheless, uh, the uh, Sabres are not on to the start that they might like. Uh, now, um, the Penguins today beat the New York Rangers in a shootout. Um, the Maple Leafs uh, on a really hot start against the Oilers, 4-2. to two. Uh, The Blackhawks uh, beat the Red Wings, 4-1. to one. Wild, as we just mentioned, beat this beat the Sharks four to one. Um, it was uh, two to one at the uh, with about two minutes left to go in the uh, third period, and Devin Dubin decided to get out of his net. And uh, right away, uh, Kevin Fiala, uh, he was able from from the wing side, he was able to get in there and uh, battle battle the puck away. And as he battled the puck away on the blue line, he just took it. He went ahead and just scored himself an empty net goal. So that's how he netted his first goal of the season. And then uh, same thing, about a minute later, uh, Jordan Greenway, uh, he was able to get the puck uh, passed to him by Eric Sinek. And he had a little bit of room on the right side. And so he let it rip, and it went in. So the wild win, 4-1. to one. And we are all excited for this brand new hockey season, um, it's a fresh start, I would say. Oh, good, we didn't lose, Joe. Excellent. Um, <laughs> I thought I lost you for a while. No, 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 no. I, I was on there the whole entire time. I thought you could hear me. <laughs> oh no, I could not hear you for for the longest time. Um, yeah, um, no, I can hear you back. Um, I can hear you now. Yes, sir. Um, no, what? Uh, Earlier, I was talking about. I don't know if you heard me, but uh, earlier I was talking about the departure of Taylor Hall uh, going from the New Jersey Devils to the Buffalo Sabers. Um, and they are not doing very well uh, this this season. One, three, and one so far. They just lost in a shootout to the Washington Capitals. Um, you know, with the with the addition of Dylan Cousins, the superstar on the Canadian team, uh, Eric Stahl from the Minnesota Wild in that trade, and uh, the addition of you know, like I just said, Taylor Hall, uh, you would think that they would kind of have all of their stuff together to create not a super team. I don't want to say a super team, no. but I feel like they have all the pieces. No, right, right. I, I, they have all the pieces together to create a playoff contender. You know what I mean? So what right. is working for them? Well, like, let me put it this way. A little caution from, you know, the Taylor Hall thing. Well, I have a buddy of Dario and he met someone who knows Taylor Hall up in the greater London area and said to me saying the other day was on my friend's podcast goes, uh, Taylor Hall is, um, is a me type player, meaning like he doesn't want to be, the go-to guy, the guy that you want to be looked after, like he was in 1718. You know, you had to rely on him. And then 18 and 19 and 1920, like, you know, you had to piece around him and Nico. And then eventually later on, Jack comes in 1920. But what I'm trying to say is, Hall doesn't like that limelight all on him, but because he has Jack Eichel, it helps him a little bit better, but 
Um, if things go south for Buffalo and he's mentally checked out, you know, in the middle of the season before April, you're seeing him getting traded. You're seeing him getting traded to a contender. And, I mean, it's going to take a lot of courage to stick with him. But when Hall is on his game, he is fast, he's streaky. But the problem is, it's his knee after he had a little bit of an injury uh, in the last couple seasons with the Devils. So, yeah, you know, Hall's getting up there, but he's not quite there. No, I mean, he's 29 years old. And I think I think it's a little ironic. He doesn't want to be that, you know, me type player. But he also won the league MVP in 2018. So, it's it's a little yeah it, it, it's ironic really i mean you don't want to be that player but yet you are that superstar player and i think the addition of um i mean not to like contradict what you just said but um you know with those players like dylan cousins eric stahl jack eichel victor olafson you know um all of these guys that are kind of around him kind of creating depth for a little bit of depth for the buffalo sabers you know it's it isn't really all about all about Hall, you know. So that's just my. It, it's it's really about the growth of the Buffalo Sabers. I mean, the Sabers, they're they've been rebuilding for so long, but they have guys like Casey Middlestat, who's a third line center, and I can relate to that because you know the Devils have a guy like that, and Michael McLeod, who is a center who's a good bottom six guy, but uh, you drafted him, you know, a little too high in the middle of the, of the draft and his draft year. So um, I think that's a good problem for middle stat where cousins could jump above him. So really the expectation won't be too high for a guy like cousins um, overshadowing a guy like middle stat. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can totally understand that. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of teams are rebuilding right now. Um, Arguably, the Pittsburgh Penguins are rebuilding because um, they, you know, won the cup in sixteen and seventeen. Right? Or was that seventeen and eighteen? I don't remember. They, they it was back to back, and then they didn't make a very deep run the following year, right after they had won the Stanley Cup, and then they kind of just all fell apart. And um, not really sure why, because they, <laughs> you know, they're Stanley Cup champions right, the year prior, but then they just, uh, nope, didn't work, and then they just kind of destroyed their whole team. Um, but, yeah, like, like Minnesota Wild, Buffalo Sabres have all been rebuilding for all this time. Um, you know, in the days of, like, Niederreiter, Coyle, Grandland, with, you know, the Minnesota Wild, you know, they, they were playoff contenders, and um, <laughs> I, being the Minnesota fan that I am, I got my hopes up, and I thought, oh, we're definitely going to the the Stanley Cup. You know, I always, as Minnesota fans, we always get ahead of ourselves. Uh, you, is that, 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 do, that does sound like a, a little Canada type type of uh, mindset, if yes. I must say, for for the Minnesotans. I I, I would agree with you. Um, you know, I'll. Us Minnesota, Minnesota fans tend to um, get a little ahead of ourselves when uh, whenever it comes to sports. Um, 
But have I learned from my mistakes? Of course not. I'm still going to, I still think the wild are like, you know, Stanley cup contenders, even though they're absolutely not, you know, but in my mind, I think absolutely. I'm sure it's the same thing with New Jersey. I'm sure you think like, yes, we're definitely going to the playoffs with this awesome group of guys. And we have potential, we have potential to go. That was last year, like with all the hype and all the uh, excessive like offseason moves. Well, the problem was, is that Shiro, when he was the GM, he never really went for like a free agent or never really made a big blockbuster trade until he brought in Subban and traded for Gusev. Um, Just to get to the, P.K. Subban part, like, under John Hines, he just was very stagnant. And when he left and Nazardine became the coach at the time, he started to play looser, started becoming a little bit of his old Nashville self, if that makes sure. any sense, starting to rip the puck more. And then this year under Lindy Ruff, like, in the Ranger game, although his goal was – uh, disallowed because Palmieri was considered offside and didn't have possession of the puck. But even if that goal did count, like he still looked pretty good, like for a guy that's being coached by a different guy. And certain players do better under certain coaches, and there are different expectations and systems that players are well structured for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Different guys are, you know, work better in different systems. And that happens in, in every sport, you know, like, um, I like Tom, you know, I mean, like Chua Tagovailoa of the Miami Dolphins, you know, I don't think he, he, that, you know, he works in that Miami system because Miami is a, um, you know, they, they were, they've been a run heavy team, um, for the longest time. I know it's a hockey podcast, but then just to make a, Quick comparison, um, you know, because Tua is a very um, run-heavy cornerback. You know, he's always been. He was like that in Alabama. But to get back on to um, hockey, I do see where you are coming from. Some guys work in di- better in different uh, different situations with different coaches and what have you. Um, but no, it was these this whole wild game, um, the whole season really. It's I don't know what to think of it because we haven't played any great teams like Vegas, like Colorado, like St. Louis. We played these Western Conference teams that are they're, they're, we're in the Cupcake League. I mean, really, we're in the Cupcake Conference. It, Which, now, describe the Cupcake Conference. I think listeners would like to have that broken down. Yeah, yeah. So, like, just these the West Coast teams haven't been good in the past five to ten years. Yes, Los Angeles won the cup kind of recently in what was it, 2011? 2012. 20, 2012, and then and they won in 2014 because they beat the Rangers. So it's it's not all yeah, that long ago, that's like seven years ago. To this day, right? That, yeah, yeah, seven years ago. And by the way, that was the beginning of the end of the New York Rangers uh, uh, window for the for the playoffs. So basically, like that's when things started to go south. After when they started 
get ready to trade away guys like Callahan and Dubinsky. And you know who I'm really trying to point to. Yeah. So that's kind of why, like, you you look at LA. It's kind of happened the same way as LA. Like, the same, you know, they they both, like, they were at the top. They won, you know, they won their respective conferences in the Stanley Cup. LA won the Cup. And then they just fell off a cliff. And that's been happening to San Jose. Okay, I, I don't want to say San Jose because they were just in the Western Conference final two years ago. So I'm not going to say that. But they really, really regressed really, really quickly. And they're almost that team again. They're not quite there. I don't know what they need to do to get back to where they were. But for right now, like, I'm looking at, like, Los Angeles, Anaheim, San Jose, um, Arizona. You know, four of these teams are just, eh, you know. So, and, sorry. I, I actually have something to report. So, Aaron Port's line of The Athletic uh, and NHL Network, the Professional Hockey Writer Association, uh, he mm-hmm. he tweeted seven minutes ago. Go to bed. It's told it's unlikely Columbus Blue Jackets deal with uh, Pierre Luc Dubois is completed tonight. Saturday could be a big day though, as per Pierre V. LeBron has reported. Anaheim, Montreal, and Winnipeg believed to be the front runners. But um. Yeah, I did hear about – I did see that on Twitter, too. I saw line A, like, just the, just on Twitter, just said line A. <laughs> um, so, you know, that is a sign that Winnipeg could get him. And I know we um, – in the group chat, we've all been talking about um, Montreal getting uh, – My source, too, uh, did say Montreal. Um, he told me the Rangers and the Devils are also in it. Ooh. So now, Mr. Jersey Joe, who do you think, hypothetically, if if Pierre Luc Dubois does go to the Devils, who are the Devils going to get rid of? They're getting rid of. Give up. Well, from what I'm told, um, it is Zaka, Butcher, and a first. Okay. So, God, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a first round pick will be involved in there. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I would be really surprised if it was player for player only, and there was no first round pick involved. Actually, so yeah, that's not a bad, not a bad guess. Um, that's not you know bad um, guess. I uh, from so basically back on. Um, so basically, what, what I feel is that the Devils feel that they have plenty of defensive, like uh, surplus and skill. Like Ball and Ohachuk, all these kids are banging on the door, and it just seems like that they're confident in trading a first where they think, you know, a guy like Dubois, if they were to acquire him, would essentially um, get them a top like three, like centers down the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, they really boost that, uh, boost that, um, you know, forward uh, situation for sure. Um, 
I check the devil lines. I've just been so involved with like hockey and trying to get all these um all the lines and everything figured out. So yeah, like Zajac, Hughes obviously Zaka is an absolutely he's I think he's toast at this point. Better than a third I think he's toast? I think he's better than a third line talent. He, he like in the Devils organization, I I call him Toast because I don't think he can get any better. I mean, potentially inside the system. Oh, he's he's going to see like. I feel like the Devils okay. have tried him different ways. Like he's been around with the end of Eliash's last game. He's been around since then, and he's had a couple coaches mm-hmm. and. I'm not sure if he's going to um, flourish under Lindy Ruff, and I think he needs a change of scenery. And um, I believe Dubois wants to be as far away from Tortorella as he can. In New Jersey? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, it's almost like it. I compare this to the Patrick Waugh era. He was in Montreal, and he told – his coach at the time, I uh, can't think of his he name. He also told the team, the team uh, owner. He, the team, yes, you're, you're right. I have a Patrick Waugh jersey, and I don't even know the history properly. <laughs> um, but, yes, he told the team owner. He said, he said, I'm never playing for this team again. He stormed off, and I – Well, don't forget they scored five don't goals. Don't know. That is true. It was, it was that Detroit. is true. That was big. That was. He, you're right. Five goals against Detroit, and he was just he was just so bad that whole game. And he, yeah, that's it's all it's all flooding back. It's all flooding all all the like. Why was Roy so? Why was Wash so mad? And then like yes, the five goals against against Montreal, and then yeah. Shouting at the owner. I mean, you shout at your owner. You shout at your boss. You're done. So, um, and then uh, Wa and Colorado in their first few seasons ended up um, ended up winning a Stanley Cup. You know, their last one coming 2001. Um, yeah, that wasn't good for but, for folks in Jersey at all. I mean, they could. It, it was so close. They could have had four Stanley Cups already. Yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> um, but on the topic of goalies, I just saw a video of uh, Cam Talbot uh, getting some help off the ice. And uh, I was I had gotten home. I had heard that Cam Talbot had left the ice. On All I'm thinking of the Minnesota Wildland, what is wrong with our top goalie? Why? What's the problem? You know, like I'm hectic. And I'm trying to search Twitter. I'm trying to search everywhere. Like, what is wrong with Talbot? I can't find anything. And I finally saw the replay of that of the shot. He took, looks like he took a shot um, uh, in the butterfly, and in you know in the butterfly position. And I'm guessing that the puck hit um, either the inside of his leg, and I don't. I really don't want this to be true. It looked like it could have hit his groin, which probably the worst thing that can happen to anyone. 
of hockey pucks is growing. I mean, really. Especially a goalie. Especially a goalie. Um, so I really hope that it's something minor, maybe just a bruise to the, to the thigh, and he'll be fine for um, the next game. Or maybe not the next game, but the, you know the following game. Um, but I would be remiss if I did not applaud Capo Kakanen because he let in zero goals. I mean, come on, backup goalie. Were nobody, nobody in the wild media was very high on Capo Kakanen, um, and he just goes out and he just. Does it to it, you know? He just he just put, just goes clutch is a great way to put it. He's clutch. So from what I'm seeing his first game that he ever played uh, this season was his game start was he got a win, but he had uh, a save percentage of .917, which is really good, and only allowed. Two only allowed two goals out of twenty four, so I mean that's a really good start. Hopefully he can like keep it rolling for the the young Finn from Helsinki. Wait, how did he? Oh, in his first game. Yeah. It, it, well, this was his... this season. This was his first. Yeah. So how? Cam Talbot was the one that let in. Was was it Cam Talbot that let in the first shot, or was it, or was it, Cockenham that let in the first shot? I thought it was no, because Talbot played the entire third first period. Well, the score is one the one to four wild win, and Cam Talbot won. Cam Talbot played the entire first period, and at the end of the first period, it was one to one tie, and. And then in the second period, Kapokakin comes in. So he didn't let in any goals. So yeah, that's that that's how that happened. Um but if I can look at the stats actually. Um um these stats here for this game. Um, yeah, Wild Feet Shark and Doom. So you really like the goaltending uh, depth right now for uh, the Minnesota Wild? Well, I didn't like I said. I, I didn't say I like the depth. I'm just saying I like the Kakanen performance. I'm not – I'm still not very high on Cabo Kakanen. I – would I prefer Alex Stalock? Yes, but he's injured. Let's hope he gets health healthy soon. But I think this is a step in the right direction. I'm not sold on Kapokakinen after one game, but this is a great start. I think a lot of the, uh, well, actually, a lot of the calls um, that came were. There, there were more, a lot more scoring opportunities than I would have liked there to be. Um, I would have liked them to be goals, obviously, but um, I think there were a few empty net shots that the um, Sharks had, and it just took a bad bounce, and that's why they didn't go into the net. So that makes me just a bit worried. Um, 
I was going to say, especially nowadays with the COVID-19 protocols, it really bit my team the other night in the rear end because um, Blackwood had to stay out of the game for the the protocol. And hopefully he's able to play um, to go in on Sunday versus the Isles if he's cleared. So um, for fantasy owners, um, if he is cleared, it is likely he can get a win out of that one. Yeah, I do like um, I do like um, the Isle and uh, Devils game. Um, I think that's going to be a good game. And just rewatching the um, uh, not Myers uh, uh, Nieto watching rewatching the Nieto goal. It is. Um, Cam Talbot in goal, just to just so we're clear, because um, yeah, Nieto just kind he kind of he was just right in front of the goal and he just he just buries it right in between the legs of Mister Cam Talbot before he leaves the ice in the next period. Um, so yeah, I'm again. I hope it's nothing serious with Cam Talbot, and I. If if Kakinen has to play, I have my full confidence in that he will, you know, <laughs> get us the win. Um, it's obviously not just about the goal, you know, it's a team effort. Um, yeah, Eric Tanak, he Eric Tanak has surprised me this season. He's got three goals already in four games, five games, five games, four, three goals in five games, and um, yeah, I think uh. Eric Sinek is going to be a great, you know, third line, second line guy. Um, that's the important thing with the Wild. I think the Wild have always had really great depth. Um, and so um, apparently, it seems it seems the Jets are the front runner for Dubois. So keep keep an eye on oh, is that Roslovich is thrown in to try and get something going in that deal. Oh, right. Yeah, back on to the Dubois thing. It's so – ah, a lot of stuff happening in the in the National Hockey League. I mean, we just started, and now it's already rumor season. It's just great. And there's just so much drama, and it's uh, – I mean, I don't want to say I like the drama, but I'd be lying to myself. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, we will definitely keep you posted on that. Um, but yeah, tomorrow night. What do the games look like tomorrow night? Just to sort of wrap things up here. Don't want to go too long, of course. Um, yeah. Well, tomorrow um, be- you have the Lightning Saturday. and Jackets at 2 p.m. I'm predicting Ooh. the Lightning are going to win because they have the better goaltending and the Jackets – will feel a little weird not having to have Dubois around and it's going to be weird gelling without him. Yeah, um, for sure. If this whole thing does happen tomorrow night and he just doesn't play, then I think the Blue Jackets will, that chemistry will be kind of broken up. Um, so I agree. I do agree with you there. Um, Canadians, Canucks. Yeah. They, who do you think's going to win? Who I think the Canadians are going to bounce back. I think they're going to bounce back hard. I think that was a great game. The other night with Canadians, uh, that 5-5 game, um, or 6-5, I suppose, 
uh, 6-5 Canucks winning in overtime. No, in the shootout, if I I recall. I think it was a shootout. Um, And, yeah, you know, just that heavy, heavy, heavy offense, you know, heavy offensive game. And I, but I know, but I think the Canadians come for revenge. And I think they pull out the win. And I don't think it's going to be close. I, I'm predicting a four-two, like four-two win there. Um, Flyers and Bruins. This is your division. Yeah, right? your division. I, um, I like this game I, a lot. Flyers and Bruins. I like it a lot. What's your thoughts? I believe it's going to be a very physical board battle type game go bleep yourself type of hockey where I can see the Bruins boss around Konechny um, I can see them beating up Patrick in that game uh, I really like the Bruins goaltending you have Halak who's a good uh, French starter backup goalie and Tuka Rask still has the moves in that you have Brad Marchand who still can do his thing. Bergeron's one of my favorite centers in this game. Um, I just, I think the Bruins have a bit of an edge, but if the Flyers are going to pull an upset, it's because they have more youth than they do veterans. But I, th- I think it's going to be four to three Bruins. Sure. I, you know, it's almost hard to call upsets like this early in the league, but I like, I like the, that, uh, how passionate you are, but I think it's going to be um, hard-hitting, old-school style hockey t- uh, tomorrow night between the Flyers and the Bruins. Um, now, let's get to the Kings and the Blues. This is my division. Um, I, You know, from what I saw from the Kings, I think they uh, can play just as well as any other team that they face. We saw that, again, to the um, Colorado Avalanche the other night. Um, I thought they played very well against them. And uh, the Blues, I I haven't seen a lot of Blues. I know they did beat Colorado in that first game, but um, other than that, I haven't seen a whole lot of St. Louis to really get a feeling what's going to go on. I think it's going to be like a hard-fought battle. Um, I want to say three to two Blues, but it could go either way. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings pull it off. Yeah, see, I'm kind right there with you. I, I, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Um, now this is kind of an easy one. Jet Senators, uh, they've got the late, the the late one. Um, I'm a big Jets fan. I'm two hours from Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> they're playing the Senator, like Senators. I think the Senators are going to be great in five years. I think within five years, they're going to be serious Cup contenders. Right, I'm not going to say they're going to win the cup, but they're cup contenders very soon. They're they're going to okay. So they have a lot of really great players that you're referring to from their draft classes, and I really think Stutzler is going to be a Hall of Famer one day if he stays healthy and just stays the way he is, and um, just the way he played with JJ Paterica, he looked really amazing. And I think the fact that you have the Senators on this upward trajectory um, after really bottoming out like a few years ago, I still think the Jets are the favorites in this game. Oh, um, not to be biased, but if Line a is not dealt, 
Um, I still see the Jets still winning. I like their goaltending. Um, if I'm correct, um, Hutchison is still in their net and Hellebuck. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Hellebuck. I can look it up right now. I think it's Hellebuck in net tomorrow. Um, but again, we could be wrong. But no, I think they do have. I think um, Hutchinson is a great. Is also a great goalie. Um, you know, not to. I mean, not to be overshadowed or anything by um, Hallibuck. I don't know the Vesta Trophy winner. Um, you know, he is a solid, solid goaltender. Um, but yeah, it just depends on the um, goalies, I suppose. And um, you know, I do like Murray. For the Senators, but I just, I just need, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't think there's enough chemistry in in Ottawa to really, um, really give him the edge. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think uh, Winnipeg is going to get the win there. Um, but yeah, then the, don't forget the. Panthers, Hurricanes is uh, postponed, but when they do play next, um, I do think the Hurricanes have the upper hand. So I tend to like the goaltending a little bit, but I like the defense more for Carolina than Svechnikov being their go-to scorer. For sure. For sure. I think there's a lot of talent there, um, Martin. You know, there's just it's all around there's good talent. I mean, they, you know, they were a great playoff team last year. Um, they were kind of a force to be reckoned with. I, I remember it was, it was Carolina and New York. And I thought New York really had the upper hand and Cap, uh, Carolina really, they surprised me a lot in, in how actually really great, really great their team is. Um, and they, yeah, they, they just totally just wrecked, um, New York. And, um, you know, this is last year, obviously, but, um, yeah, just because I haven't gotten to see a lot of um, Carolina hockey, because um, uh, I did see them play against Detroit. I thought that thought that whole team looked really good. So I will I, I will agree with you. I do think that they have the upper hand. Um, yes, yeah, so unconfirmed um, from oh, what I'm are. seeing. Unconf- unconfirmed. Yep. Sorry. Um, unconfirmed. Connor Halibut. Unconfirmed. Matt Murray. But that's just the prediction from dailyfaceoff.com. Um, you know, I kind of use them. I use Dauber Hockey. I use RotoWire for a lot of a lot of my a lot of my stats. Um, but yeah, I do like. Um, I do agree with you. I do like uh, Carolina um, against Florida when they do return. I think Florida has. I don't know if they have something to prove. What their problem is there, but um, it's just. I don't know. Florida is just – they're just your mediocre team, your general mediocre team. And they're – it's like in 2012, like, in the playoffs, they were threatening to, like, you know, overtake New Jersey in the first round. But then um, Henry can double overtime, uh, broke their hearts. And basically, like, ever since then, like, the Panthers been like middle of the pack team and then just falling short. And then it's like, you know, New Jersey's going into like a rebuild of a rebuild. And it's like trying to like, let's get back to being into like middle of the pack, 
to wildcard team that could really shake things up. And it's just like, um, I really think this year's team, if Mackenzie Blackwood plays a lot and then if Aaron Dell gets some backup games, I think the Devils can steal some interesting uh, points out of other teams' schedules. And I think it could be a really interesting year for a lot of other teams that would otherwise have to play an 82-game season. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, we are playing on that shortened season. And, um, you know, every game is going to count. Um, you know, while they're on this, you know, 4-1-0, four, four, and oh, um, now, you know, that's that's important, you know, because they have already, already have eight points, you know, and you're – you know, again, every everyone counts. You know, five games off, five games, five games down for the wild, and you know, fifty-one to go. And yeah, it's just again, every game counts. Um, but yeah, they they do have the opportunity to steal a lot of those points from those other teams. Um, and I do, I, I think the Devil is going to be like the fourth, fourth team in the playoffs. Um, same thing with the Wild. I think the Wild are going to be the fourth team in the playoff once uh, once everything is said and done. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I I also would um, like to uh, you know uh, send my condolences out to the um, family of Hank Aaron uh, who passed away today. Um, he had the home run record yeah. thirty three years. Um, you know any 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 sports fan knows who Hank Aaron is, who Hank Aaron is. And he was just the all-time leading home run leader. Exactly. You know, it's, that's not an easy feat, of course. Um, and he is just in all of our hearts. And, you know, when you think of baseball, you think of Barry Bonds, Pete Rose, and Hank Aaron. Really? I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's, he he was he was eighty six years old. I mean that's you know he he lived a wonderful life and um yeah the baseball world the, the sports world not just the baseball world the sports world is definitely going to miss him and uh, especially the other day was um, Martin Luther King Day and it was also Willie O'Ree's uh, first um, time being his, his debut a, an yeah. Afro Canadian that made his uh, professional hockey debut. So that's like um, the NHL's version of Reggie Jack. I mean, uh, Reggie Jackson. Um, I'm trying to remember properly. Jesus. Jackson. Yeah. Jackson, I think, yeah. Yeah. It was Reggie Jackson. So no, it was- yeah, it was 42, the, the movie that came out about that. But anyway, yeah. Hockey's come along with the diversity. And you mentioned Jordan Greenway and he's part of that, growing demographic Keandra Miller um, for the New York Rangers um, too has broken that barrier. We talk about Hank Aaron um, being the guy for baseball, you know, to go through all these crazy times and deal with adversity. And um, the devils are, you know, trying to do their best to grow uh, urban youth hockey and try and get more kids in that area involved. So that way, you know, the culture builds and it's not just absolutely one dimensional. Yeah. I, I really, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to throw that, um, that tribute in for Hank Aaron. I wanted to you know make his name known. 
Um, yeah, this we need more people wearing forty four. <laughs> um, yeah, this um, was the first episode of the almost Canadian hockey podcast. Um, thank you to my colleague Jersey Joe uh, for uh, just reaching out. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, thank you uh, for listening.